Hey, welcome back to the Branding for Abundance podcast. This is your host, Dr. TK, clinical psychologist and number one therapist business coach. So I am super excited. We have a special guest on the podcast today. She is a proud alumni of the Dope Therapist Academy, and she is also a current student in our Elite Coaching Therapist Mastermind. We will be interviewing Chanel McCord. She is the CEO and clinical director of Oasis Wellness Group. She is a licensed professional counselor in the state of New Jersey and an approved clinical supervisor. As part of her clinical work, Chanel specializes in working with women and Black men who are experiencing unfulfillment in their lives and have lost their voice due to unprocessed trauma. Chanel also provides faith-based Christian spirituality integration into her therapeutic practices to assist her clients who are struggling with or wanting to explore their spirituality. And she is also, y'all, a speaker and workshop facilitator. And so stay tuned for this epic episode. Welcome to the Branding for Abundance podcast. My name is Dr. TK. I am a licensed clinical psychologist and success coach. My goal on this podcast is to simply teach you how to proclaim your victory in your relationships, academic and career endeavors, business, money, and your mindset. Learn some simple tools and techniques to brand your life for abundance and live your epic lifestyle. All right, welcome everybody to the Branding for Abundance podcast. This is your host, Dr. TK, clinical psychologist and number one therapist business coach. So we are continuing doing some awesome interviews and I wanted to introduce yet again, another epic mental health provider. And so in this podcast episode, we're going to dive deep, deep into the work that she does in the community. She's going to share with you how you can find her. Let's just say if you feel like you're a good match for her, for her therapy or any other services that she has. And then, of course, we'll talk about business. And so we want to welcome Chanel to the podcast episode. So welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes. So they've already heard a brief intro, but tell our listeners and our watchers a little bit about yourself, like your license type, where you practice and who you serve. So as stated, I'm Chanel McCord. So I am located in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, in Southern New Jersey, just almost Delaware. And I am a licensed professional counselor, um, as it's called in New Jersey by my board. And I have experience in a variety of settings. You know, I've done foster adoptive. I've done in-home. I worked in the court system with at-risk youth, outpatient care. But my current love is being in private practice full time. And I'm sure we'll get into that in a little bit. And I'm loving every Everything about being able to do private practice full time and just being able to do it my way, the way mm-hmm. I want to do it and what works for me. That is good. That is good. So let, take us all the way back. How did you get into the mental health field? This is always a cool question to ask. Okay. So funny story, actually. So when I was about eight or nine years old, my mom went back to school to get her bachelor's degree and she was studying psychology. And so my little eight, nine year old self, for whatever reason, would pick up her psychology books and I would start to read them. And at that age, I thought if I did this work, I would be able to control minds. So I wanted to become a psychologist because I wanted to control people's minds. Like I just. Oh, you you wanted to be psychic. That's that's exactly (laughs) what it was. I thought if I did this work, I'd be able to control minds. And for whatever reason, at the age of like eight or nine, it just stuck. 
it just stuck with me. And so even as I went to middle school and high school, I knew that, well, at the time I wanted to be a psychologist, my trajectory kind of changed a little bit, but I just knew like, this is what I wanted to do. But then as I got older, I started to see things within myself. Um, I started to see things within my family, within the community. And I just really started to see the need of the work. And so literally from about eight years old, I never changed my mind. My, my motive changed, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my reason behind it changed, but I never changed my mind on wanting to do this work because it just deeply connected with me. Wow. Wait, so is your mom in the field too? She is not. Okay. She I'm about to say, whoa, what was that like? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. No, she isn't. She took another turn, but she has a minor in psychology now. But um, okay. yeah, I really believe that was just a setup to get me to where I was supposed to be, honestly. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. Um, so let's dive deeper into your clinical experience. And so how did you get into private practice and who do you serve in your practice? So I got into private practice. Um, I am in my third year and kind of how I got here was just that I've worked in so many different settings and I always, I was not happy with the outcome of a lot of things that was happening. Like I didn't like the treatment modalities that were being used. A lot of times it was very ineffective and everybody knew it, but nobody was willing to change it. And because you're working for agencies, there's so much red tape and all of that. And I just really had this strong desire that with my particular clients, I would always connect with them on a different level. And so I always knew that I had to go a different route in order to do the work that was in my heart to do mm-hmm. and really to connect with clients in a way that I wanted to do it. So that that led me to private practice. And who I serve, I have to say this, they found me. I didn't found I didn't find them. And mainly who I serve is um, women, but mainly black women who are experiencing unfulfillment in their lives and having lost their voice due to trauma and also struggles of spirituality. That is 95% of my caseload of the people that I serve. Can you speak to the other side of your profession only because I want the listeners, especially therapists, to understand that we have different gifts. And sometimes, despite what we were taught in school, our gifts collide in a very good way and they can make a very big impact in the world of our clients. So mm-hmm. I know that you have a spiritual side. Yes. <laughs> so I am a licensed minister. Um, I was going to bring that up in a little bit, but I am a licensed minister. And if I'm honest, that really informs my work because ironically, and this is not something I put out there, but that 95% of my caseload the majority of them come from me, come to me, and they have that what I call spiritual paralysis mm-hmm. for different reasons, um, struggles within the church, struggles within themselves. And so for me, I always tell people, it's three people in the room, it's me, you, and the Holy Spirit. All my clients know that. They know that 100%. And even the ironic part is even my clients who are not necessarily pursuing spirituality, they're so open to it because that aspect of me and who I am, it just pours out of me. And it's so encouraging for them that they're willing to sit there and get the help even from the spiritual side of it. And so for me, it's like the perfect mix. And it's a needed mix that I think is missing in a lot of arenas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember working for the county and it, I think we were working in the juvenile facility aftercare. So the kids were coming out of um, the, I'm about to say prison, but they were coming out of their camp system. And it was really interesting because it wasn't until I actually start working in the facilities that I saw that 
bringing up spirituality in terms of what are the client's strengths. And if they opened the door up to say spirituality, then I would take it. I wouldn't pour, you know, we can't pour on our Mm -hmm. own spiritual uh, thoughts, but it just became just a topic. And it was very interesting because that was something that our very seasoned professors told us that we were not allowed to talk about, Exactly. Um, you know, and then all of a sudden the County starts making us go to um, a one whole day event of spirituality and mental health. And it became such a big thing. And I remember the girl I used to carpool with, she was not atheist or anything. She was just like, you know, I don't know yet, like what I believe in. But what was interesting was her mind opened up as a therapist working with these kids because she said, I always thought that when like, even you mentioned spirituality, I think they mix up religion, like religious and spirituality. Right. And they think that we're going to just verbally vomit on them the Bible or something. Exactly. You know, and so we were, so I love that the training opened up my friend's eyes to see you can use spirituality to pull people out of their darkest area, but let them talk about their spirituality. It doesn't mean we share ours, even though they can clearly see it, you know? Right. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm glad that you brought that up because that, that also is a very underserved population in terms of the the church context with bringing in new, new views, you know? Right. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) So let's dive a little deeper. Um, You talked a little bit about the population that you serve. How do you, well, let me ask, what does your therapy process look like? Like if I were a new client seeking services, how would I find you? And like, how would I start therapy? Right. You know, my process, um, definitely, you know, we have the normal consultation process. You know, when clients come, I always try to connect personally with my clients. Um, I do have an admin that takes some of those calls, but I always go back and and make sure there's a personal connection. The clients I've learned that I do the best with and we do the best work and I see breakthrough with are the clients who I've talked to. And we've had that 15, 20 minutes to connect, make sure that we're on the same um, mind frame, we're on the same wavelength. And I usually see them have the best results. And so that's definitely you know, a major part of my process. And once we jump in, you know, we we look at intakes, but I'm big on strengths. And you mentioned that. Um, And that's why spirituality is so important to me, because I think that that's where a lot of people draw their strength from. And so that is the thing that I work on, you know, the beginning process when we're getting all of the information and the biopsychosocial and all of that. I focused on what are you good at? How have you overcome things in the past? You know, what has worked for you? Because I really believe in leveraging that. I think if we only focus on everything that's going wrong, it really builds a sense of hopelessness. And so one thing I do with my clients all the time, um, I start our session, they already know, like, all right, what good happened this week? How were you mindful this week? You know, I think that's so important. And sometimes they hate it. They're just like, oh, nothing. And I'm like, well, we're going to sit here for the rest of the session until you figure out what good happened this week. I love that. Not going to just jump into everything that went wrong because that's not going to give you a sense of motivation that I can do it, you know? And so that is a major focus um, with the clients. Very strengths-based. Let's figure out how we can leverage it. You overcame it last time by doing this. How can you use that same thing to overcome it? next time. And usually I see good results with my clients from that. I would even add to that quicker results. I'm not that whoever's listening, if they want to see therapy that we're promising or guaranteeing (laughs) a faster process. However, you do speak to something in terms of the perspective of therapy still has a long way to go because even though more people considering what happened in 2020 are more open to paying attention to what's 
quote unquote, they use the word wrong with them or their situation. Mm -hmm. Um, When they come, they're also looking to, even if it's online to like sit in the chair, lay on their couch and only focus on what has not happened right in their life. And I think it's very important for, because we have two different listeners, we have therapists and then we have just people, you know what I'm saying? And for therapists who are listening, whether you're in grad school, getting your license hours or your license, it's really important that, and Janelle, you, you hit it right on point. You got to find your own style because you said that in the beginning, you mm-hmm. have to find your own path. And I think that one good thing all of us should be doing is strength-based therapy, interjecting it into what you already do. Because right. it feels like, I remember one client walked in my office and I shared this with the community when we do our CE workshops, because I threw her off guard. She came in and she started talking to me before I even closed the door. And I'm like, no, we're not going to keep doing this. And so I told her, I know it's therapy. Why don't you tell me something that went right? Just give me one thing that went right the last time you came into the session. And she couldn't even sit down. She was like, wait, what? And I said, I need you to tell me something good because you stopped them in their tracks. They're not used to that. Right. right? And that's, right. that's the first thing right there. Where? Right. Right. <laughs> so, and I think that's the difference between therapy and event session. Yes. And, and therapy ain't no vent session. I mean, you can exactly. vent in the session, but therapists need to have a strategic strategy. Right. And what you just spoke to, I think that a lot of people overlook because it looks too simple. Right. But the most simplest strategies are the biggest breakthroughs. Exactly. For yep. the client. Okay. So have you always just worked with adults or do you work with different um, age groups as well? So ironically, all of my background experience was in children. And if I can say this, I hated working with adults. I hated working with adults. I had a, a couple of adult clients and like community mental health when I worked in it, and I hated it. And I said I never would. When I started my practice, I had my first adult client, and I never looked back from there. Mm-hmm. Now, ironically, I don't want to work with children. And I don't know if maybe I feel like I served my time with that population. Mm-hmm. But like my biggest passions now is seeing adults heal. Mm-hmm. Like I've done the work with children, but I see so many adults who are just they can't move past their trauma. And so that really has been now my my genius zone, if you will. That's my passion now um, is working with adults. And I was well, a complete so flexible. Like from what I'm just trying to mm-hmm. summarize what you said earlier, you didn't working in clinics. Therapists don't really have a choice. If we're working mm-hmm. in clinics that have evidence based practices, you have to do whatever they tell you to do for right. biblical purposes. Right. But when you go off into your practice, you can really do ethically whatever you would like. Exactly. And so that had something to do with the like, huh? Probably, probably, probably. But I know the couple of adults I did work with in community mental health, I was just like, this ain't happening. I was but that, but that speaks to levels of care. Like I just, right. uh, it came out before this episode, but I just did a recording on the five levels of care because most therapists aren't aware of the levels of care and the levels right. of care impact how we provide treatment. So if you're always feeling like you on call, even if you're not, at a clinic and then you like, Ooh, I can see two to three clients a day, get excited. You know, mm-hmm. um, your vibe is different. And that to me branches off to your client. Absolutely. So yeah. But I, I just want to say this one last thing before we move on. Um, when you said like, can I say this? I hate it. Working with adults. <laughs> and then you said you like working with children. I've noticed a trend with a lot of therapists that I talk to in our community or on like an interview is that the population with people who've served children first, it's very interesting that we end up serving adults. And it's for various reasons. I serve my time or a lot of therapists, including myself, have said that the adults were really our clients to begin with, not the child. Mm. 
the child was a secondary client. And by default, the adult didn't want to work on themselves, which is why some of us didn't want to work with the adults. This We're is true. Exactly. So, you That's know, it. Parents, listen up. Okay. <laughs> you know, who is the real identified patient? Right. Right. <laughs> I really hope that you're enjoying today's podcast episode. And yes, I am interrupting my own podcast to invite you to check out the Dope Therapist Academy, also known as DTA. We help therapists move from living check to check, not seeing their ideal clients in their practice, feeling overwhelmed as a result of running their practice by themselves and not seeing real profits in their business. All you have to do is head down to the show notes and click on the Dope Therapist Academy or visit us at www drtk.com forward slash DTA. This program has helped numerous of therapists in over 30 states, and it can help you too. The DTA program is perfect for any therapist or clinician, either starting or revamping a private practice to experience exponential growth and earn 10K months or something better. So in just less than 60 days, our five-step profitable brand model will teach you the strategies to build your dream caseload for your ideal clients, create a profitable business blueprint so that you can have your dream schedule, gain clarity about your niche so that you can add streams of income beyond your wildest dreams, develop a wealth mindset as a business owner, not just an entrepreneur, so that your private practice can generate true profits, Press the automation button in your back office so that your business can run effectively and efficiently while you live abundantly. And lastly, we'll help you delegate tasks to complete and accomplish the freedom lifestyle that you deserve. So regardless if you're a newbie, existing private practice business owner, or you have a private practice on the side part-time, you deserve to create a business and lifestyle full of abundance. So to learn more about the Dope Therapist Academy program, be sure to click the link in the show notes. And now let's tune back into our podcast episode. All right. So let's transition because I know that you had made when you first joined. um, Well, let me tell everybody, you had joined our Dope Therapist Academy community and you had made like a huge announcement in the beginning in terms of your transition from working at a place to working on your own. So can you tell therapists who are listening what it was like? And what was the transition? (laughs) Right. So, you know, after I took the Dope Therapist Academy, I was, I was done. Like, I guess the passion was built up. And so I made the decision. I talked with my husband and took that leap and transitioned out of working for anybody else ever again and started working for myself full time. And I, I will never look back. You know, I will never look back. I don't miss it at all. The time that I have gained, it was the best decision that I ever made. And, you know, one of the things that you were big on on teaching us, my issue was my mindset. Like that was my biggest issue that I had. Like my practice was set up. I was already making enough money as you taught us to actually leave my job. But, you know, we make excuses as to why we can't. Um, And so when I really looked at the numbers, I'm like, so your eight hours a day literally is one client. Like, what are you doing? Listen, say that again. Leave a money on the table. Eight hours a day was one client. 
You know, and I'm like, literally, if I add about five or six more clients to my caseload now, I'm literally replacing my income easy. You know what I'm saying? Not to mention what more that I can do. So taking that leap and transitioning on my job, was it scary? Yes. But I think for me, that's why DTA was so important because I needed a mindset shift. And when my mindset shifted, it was, I literally, I remember that night, it was a Sunday. I sat down, I wrote up my letter and I just submitted it. And I was like, done. And I didn't even think about it again. Like it was just that quick of a transition because my mindset changed. But it's even interesting to say the word mindset because like, even in like elite coaching, we talk about like sales copy, marketing, messaging, and therapists are a different breed of people when we um, are signing up for something because we think too much. And so if I were to, for example, go to every therapist on this planet and say, in order for you to be a great and epic business owner, not just a private practice owner, you need to shift your mindset. Most therapists will say my mindset is fine because they associate their mindset being fine because of the clinical work that they do with their clients. But we all know, even with therapy clients, it's very hard to sit on the other side of the couch and have somebody mirroring (laughs) <laughs> what, what the problems yeah. are. You know what I'm saying? That's why yeah. a lot of people don't go to therapy. And this is why I believe some people don't sign up to get help with their business. Right. And so how did you find the Academy? So I actually um, attended the uh, Taraji P. Henson's Can We Talk conference. Mm-hmm. And um, and I remember you being there. And so I had I saw you and there was just something about it. And so then after that, I became a, one of the providers through the Boris Lawrence Henson Foundation. And we had to do a training and you were doing the training. And when you did this training and it was like all basic stuff, I'm like, I was sitting there like, yo, I have to get to know her. I don't know how. And and so like, I just felt this connection. Like I really did felt this connection through this training. And so I looked you up on social media and I started following you. And then everything that you were putting out there on social media, I'm like, this is it. Like it was almost like perfect timing. Cause it was like right before um, everything that happened with the pandemic or whatever. So like my transition was seamless and even finding you, you right. know? And so that was just like, it was right. just, I don't know. It was God. I'm going to say it was the Holy Spirit. You know, Cause I remember before we started the podcast, I thought you meant like just something online. I didn't. I was like, oh wait, you were in DC. Okay, turn all the way. I was there. Yeah, I was there. Okay, let me speak to that for a second because um, a lot of therapists they do come to me wanting the desire to add like streams of income and do things you know like outside the therapy space. And one of the things that I clearly do with clinicians, even though I still feel like it's therapeutic, is you know, mindset and then building foundations to grow and scale their businesses. And so I think it's really interesting how you and I cross paths because you originally met me as a psychologist, it sounds like. You originally met me talking about a population I don't even serve anymore, but my passion is still there where I dibble and dabble in corrections here and there when I get my feet in the door. But to go from a live event of me being a psychologist to me hosting a workshop still as a psychologist. And then when you go on my Instagram, it's like mixed psychologist, but using my psychologist name to then teach other therapists what I do. I just wanted to highlight that for therapists who are listening, because don't assume that, and this is for clients too, don't assume based off of someone's degree or their title, that that's their only gift. Because as you even mentioned, you clearly have done a lot of work on the spirituality side, and that could be its own leg to your business. It is, you know, right there and there. And then of course you can mix the two. So I did want to highlight that. And so what was your experience in DTA? Because like the Boris L. Henson Foundation, which I'll put a link in the bio for clients who are also seeking services, who 
are not your ideal client, you know, because right. we only want you to feel your case love with your ideal <laughs> client. And so they may not be in your state. And so we'll make sure to put that information in the notes. But what was it like for the community aspect of like our programs when you came on? Right. Yeah, I think I've said this before. It was a different kind of therapist community. Um, I'm a part of a lot. Like I've joined a lot of Facebook groups. And, you know, my word on it is that DTA was such a no shade zone. Like it was genuine support like genuine support of other therapists wanting to see therapists win. And even, you know, when we do like our weekly, what are your wins for the week? Just seeing how people were interacting, like, yes, girl, you better go ahead. Like that was different because like a lot of these other groups, one, don't allow that. They don't allow that kind of interaction and feedback because a lot of the other groups are really just about selling. If that makes sense, you created a community of support. And so that was that was amazing to me just to sit back and watch therapists really genuinely wanting to. Um, Since then, my my network of therapists I actually interact with have grown, you know, uh, just knowing people. But that made a difference. Um, Sometimes being a therapist, especially in private practice, is lonely. You know, you're by yourself. You don't have nobody to eat lunch with necessarily or whatever. So to have other people who are in the same boat, who are striving towards the same goals and who understand this work specifically, which is why I love the fact that you targeted therapists, because a lot of other groups as well, it's anybody getting where you fit in. Mm -hmm. But being able to look at it specifically from my point of view made the world of difference. Nice. No, that is. Oh, that just made my heart melt because I I literally just posted something on social media at the time of this recording (laughs) for those of you, because we recorded it earlier than when it publishes. And so I literally posted this morning on social media, a post saying, I love the work that I do. I love the content that I put out, but I'm not going to lie. I was scared as heck to niche down to only serve therapists. Why? Because I know that my numbers are going to look tremendously different than someone who serves all women. You know what I'm saying? I don't just serve Mm -hmm. women or men. I serve both. You know, it's just more therapists or women. And then also um, I serve mental health therapists, not service providers. And so I really niched it down where we have no choice, which is what I love to have an intimate community. And I know exactly what you're referencing regarding these online communities, because we can post some super positive as a quote. I remember I did that. And it 99.9% of the feedback was like, I'm with you, sis. And then it was, you know, some trolls that were like, nah, I got to get my money, sis. I think it was something around like, follow your passion, money will follow. Right. And it was a few people in there. And I'm like, see, that, that's the mindset shift you need right there. Boom, sign up. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so this is crazy. So share some big wins that you've experienced in your practice, especially going full time, because some therapists are still not with that transition. Mm-hmm. You know, well, one, I left my job. So that's the biggest win, right? <laughs> I, I did it. And my husband was in agreement. That's a win. Um, the other thing is, is that literally when I made that decision and I left my job, there was a certain number that I was aiming to hit monthly. Like, and from a spiritual standpoint, I happened to bring that, I started tithing, according and all of that, right? And literally when I made the transition out that next month, I hit that number. Oh my God. 30 days. <laughs> the next month I hit that number and it was exactly what I needed to replace my income. Wow. And since then, I've just been increasing. I think I just shared a win in a group um, last Friday that I hit that next thousand. 
you know, and it's just trending upward. My caseload is almost exactly full to where I want it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I have other therapists working with me and now their caseloads are full. And Come on also, now, scale your business. <laughs> and, you know, they're also at a place too where they're also seeing their ideal clients. And I'm so excited because one of my other um, therapists who's working for me, she just called me last week and she was just like, listen, I'm about to officially get my clinical license. She's been working towards that. And she was like, and I want to work for you full time. Didn't have to ask. She was just like, she was like, listen, I could have did the private practice thing, but she was just like your vision. Mm-hmm. Um, the vision that I was able to set. She was like, I just want to work for you full time. She yeah. was just like, so as soon as I get that license, fill me up, sis. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, listen, so that was a huge win for me. I'm hitting my money goals. But again, I have to keep saying it. Mindset. You know, every week when we when I do my assignments or when we have another master class, it really opens my mind up and it pushes me. And I think sometimes, like you said, as therapists, we overthink. We overthink a lot. And I think sometimes in our overthinking, we think that we're good. Mm-hmm. And you have your way about, you know, putting that fire under us and putting, you know, putting that boot where it needs to go and letting us know, like, no, you can have more. Because I was content where I was. If I'm honest, I probably would have been working full time and still doing my practice on the side. I was content where I was. I'm no longer content. I'm oh, not content. I love and that. I just, for this episode, I'm no longer content. <laughs> I'm no longer content. And that's just the truth. And so, like, I just see so much more. I'm mm-hmm. not stuck, you know, where I was, but I just see so much more and so much more I can be doing. And biggest win is I got my time back. Yes. Hello. Because that's something that is... Not tangible, but we feel it on the tangible side. Exactly. Exactly. One of the things that that. one of the things that you said that always um, resonated with me is I remember one time you referencing the big win is not the money. The big win is getting your time back. Mm -hmm. And I literally got my time back and I'm still making the money. So exactly. I'm just like, that's a win-win. Yeah. So let me let me just give a, uh, I'm going to say a business uh, educational piece to therapists that are listening, because sometimes we talk about these programs interchangeably. So Chanel is talking about two different levels in her business. And so the first level, I call it the undergraduate of therapist business, which is the Dope Therapist Academy. That is therapists need help with either restructuring the business they already have because it's not profitable. It's not profitable for you to predict your yearly income so that you can leave your job if you want to. You know, we don't make people leave their jobs, but two out of four do. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Um, But that's the undergraduate. And then to me, that is required in order for you to scale your business. And so what it sounds like what happened is you had to go in there and, and redo some things, which a lot of it was your mindset for your private practice to leave your job. And then you realize, oh, wait, there's still more. There's graduate school for businesses, for therapists, which is (laughs) the mastermind. And the mastermind is open up once a year. You can, people can get on a wait list, but that is scaling your business. So when she's talking about, for those who are watching and listening, when she's talking about not leaving money on the table, understanding your time, because I do believe that wealth is your time. We're now moving from growth undergrad to scaling hella doctor degree. Because once you're able to scale, you can create your own schedule, not decrease your money, but you can decrease your hours because now you about to have a group. And I want to highlight something that's super good that you said. It sounds like you um, shared your vision with people that are working around you, which is very important for cohesiveness in your business when you bring on team members. Right. Because people don't want to do that. They want to keep their vision all to themselves. No, people need motivation because they want to stay with you. 
You right. know, I'm not with you building a group practice and then everybody leaving. What's exactly. that, that going to do? Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. All right. So tell us where people can find out more about your group practice, your other therapists, and any other things that you have coming up in the next, like for the summer of this year. Yes. Yeah, so um, my website is www.oasiswellnessgrp.org. That has all of my information about myself, my therapist. Um, I do a lot of speaking. So all of that information is on the website. And also you can find me on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all Oasis Wellness Group. I, you know, post all my videos, thanks to some amazing coaching. I've been getting them more active on social media. So um, you'll be able to get a lot more information about what's going on uh, with me, what's going on with my therapist. And I do have some really good things upcoming. So stay tuned. I'm excited to release that soon. I was going to say for speaking, do you have particular, just in case, because I know we I've shared in our community plenty of times, even within my church community, because my bishop knows who I serve, he just starts to share my information in casual conversations. And so mm-hmm. what are certain topics that you do speak on? So if people want to inquire about that, they can. Absolutely. So again, uh, speaking was one of those things that found me. And ironically, the topic I speak on the most is about trauma and generational trauma and how things are passed down. So I have a couple of signature speeches that I I work on pertaining to trauma, generational trauma, but then also just some general, I have one called Mind Your Business Mm -hmm. Um, and just helping people to really look at their life full circle. Because I think sometimes when we go through things, we only look at mental, emotional, not realizing that I am more than just my mind. Like I'm spirit, I'm my work, I'm my physical, all of that. And so really helping people just to see that they are a well-rounded person and we have to look at all aspects of ourselves. So those are two of the topics that I mainly speak on. That's good. That's good. I definitely wanted to highlight that because like I said in the beginning, sometimes we just see one another or other people see us as therapists. And it doesn't mean that the other work that you do is not therapeutic for the soul, but we have to reach people on all different levels because not everybody wants to come to therapy, but agencies, especially right now, you know, may want to contact you for speaking. And so thank you for sharing that. And so I, from the deepest part of my soul and heart, thank you for coming on the podcast 2021 is going to bring epic opportunities and results in your business. And for those who are listening to your lives and to your business too, because we got clients and therapists listening, but we'll make sure to put all of her information in the show notes so that you can check out her group practice, check out what's coming up, speaking engagement, social media. We're going to cover you, whoever's watching or listening, (laughs) but we're going to continue for those of you who are tuning in. We are going to continue interviewing some awesome therapists because at the time of this recording, it is Mental Health Awareness Month, but we are going to launch these episodes a little bit later because I believe that there should be mental health awareness every single day, not just for the month of May. Okay. And so um, thank you so much for staying on the, or showing up to the podcast episode and for our listeners tune in for the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast episode today. I am super excited to see your growth in your business, career, money, and relationships. Be sure to check me out on Instagram at Dr. TK Psych, where you can find daily inspiration and tips to live your abundant lifestyle. 